I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, you know, and between all the food and preparations, you know, had some time to kind of relax just a little bit and get some peace. Um, I had a very good Thanksgiving and found, uh, just, you know, with lots of good food and friends and family. Uh, but I just want to kind of share one detail from my Thanksgiving. Uh, we had Thanksgiving dinner at my Aunt Kathy and Uncle Kevin's house, and they live in Oak Park. Uh, and I was tasked with picking up my grandpa, Fred, from the Villa St. Benedict, which is just in Lyle. Uh, I was running a touch, touch late when I went to go pick him up, and so when I arrived, um, I, I tried to rush my grandpa, which is no easy thing to do. Uh, let's just say <laughs> that it could be quite difficult because my grandpa is a bit slow. <laughs> Um, so I arrived at his room, uh, and he kept having to do something, um, turn off the light, uh, he forgot to put blank away, uh, or he needed to get his coat. And in my impatience, uh, let's just say that I convinced him to leave without his coat. <laughs> Grandpa, it's really sunny outside, you don't need your coat. And the reality was, it was sunny, uh, but he definitely could have used his coat when we were driving back later in the night, so. Uh, but finally, we made it outside his room and we were headed to the elevator uh, when all of a sudden he let out an oh. And I was thinking, oh no, what is it now? Uh, but what had come to his mind was not something tedious. Uh, that he had forgotten. He said, I need to say goodbye to Jesus before we go. And then I felt bad for all my impatience. Uh, and although I'd refused him his coat, I certainly wasn't going to refuse him this request. And so we headed over to this beautiful chapel that they have at the Villa St. Benedict. And uh, my grandpa Fred, with his walker, reverently inched himself over uh, under the eyes of these statues of these great saints like St. Benedict and St. Scholastica over to this chapel where they had Jesus in the Eucharist reserved. Uh, there he looked up at the tabernacle, paused for a second, closed his eyes, bowed, and then looked back up before he turned and left. It was at this moment that I realized Jesus was my grandpa's dearest friend. That though he lost one of his dearest friends, Joan, his wife, my grandma, this past September, his dearest friend, Jesus, had become all the more dearer. The readings tell us today that God is both a good shepherd and a just judge. The psalm that we sung today, for example, speaks to God as the shepherd who leads his sheep to living waters, who protects them from the wolves, uh, who just loves and cares deeply and just cares deeply for his flock. But also in the gospel, we have this kind of dramatic scene of God as judge who passes judgment upon us, who separates the sheep from the goats. And uh, our God, from these readings, we understand um, at the end of our time, at the end of all days of this earth, we'll stand in judgment and there will be consequences for the way we lived our lives, and it'll be God who places the judgment upon us. God is both the good shepherd and the just judge, and this is how he has revealed himself 
to us. But people uh, don't want to hear about God as a just judge. Look around and everyone seems anti-judgmental, or at least they're anti-judgmental until you disagree with their judgment and then they judge you. But the reality is, is that we need to make judgments every single day. When you woke up this morning, you judged that you needed a heavier coat. Perhaps you judged that you needed to leave a bit earlier because of the snow. Uh, you might have judged the action of your children, uh, of a child who was wearing a sweater, and told them to put on a heavier jacket. There's nothing wrong with judgment in general. What we struggle with is being judged and found wanting. We don't mind, in fact, and we enjoy it when we have been judged and found that we have done well. For example, receiving good grades on a paper. But it's when we receive bad marks, even when we deserve it, that we feel uncomfortable. We don't have a fear of being judged well. We have a fear of being judged and being found wanting. But you know what? Having this fear is okay. Having a healthy fear of judgment is okay. It's an important motivator that drives us to do the things we need to do, the things we should do. It drives us to do our jobs. It drives us to do well in school. It drives us to raise our kids well. It drives us to practice our faith. And this motivation uh, alone has led some people to do amazing things. And yet, when it comes to the practice of our faith, uh, a greater motivation needs to take its place. More than fear of being judged and found wanting should be the fear of hurting a friend. The fear of hurting our friend, Jesus. When we were leaving the Villa St. Benedict, my grandpa didn't say goodbye to Jesus because he feared some repercussion if he didn't. My grandpa prays the rosary multiple times a day. He prays for me and my own priesthood. He goes to daily mass because he loves Jesus, because Jesus is his dearest friend. I don't know why you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. I don't know if it's because you were dragged here, if it was obligation or simply fear, but my hope for all of us here is that the reason for why we come here on Sunday, why we do anything and everything, is the same reason why we wouldn't miss a best friend's birthday. Because not only can we imagine how much such an action would hurt this friend if we didn't come, but more importantly, we can't imagine uh, missing out on spending some quality time with him or her. And you know what? This hope can be easily realized, and it's up to us to realize it. With humans, you could do everything within your power, and someone still might not want to be your friend. With God, you can try everything that would seemingly make you unworthy of God's friendship, and yet he would still want to be your friend. And the reality is that he has done everything for love of you. He loved you so much that he became man and sacrificed himself on the cross for love of you that you might have life and have it eternal. He knew you and loved you uh, before you were even knit in your mother's womb. He loves you so much that he humbles himself at every single Mass uh, coming to us under the appearances of bread and wine to give us his grace. God is doing everything within his power to be your friend. 
your truest, greatest, and dearest friend. The question we need to ask ourselves, the question we need to pray with is, what are we doing to reciprocate that friendship? Speaking about not wanting to miss out on a best friend's birthday, Christmas, the birthday of the greatest friend, the greatest lover is just around the corner. In this Advent and Christmas season, often we are, there's just so much generosity. People are so good at being generous, uh, so good, good at giving gifts to others and receiving gifts um, that sometimes they can forget about the birthday boy, Jesus. He who is the greatest gift giver, he who has given us everything. What are you gonna give to Jesus this upcoming Christmas? My encouragement to you this upcoming week before uh, Advent begins is to pray and think about what you are going to gift Jesus this Christmas. And more than any material gift, he desires quality time with you. How are you going to reciprocate Christ's friendship this Advent? How are you gonna grow in his friendship? How are you gonna not live in fear, but live in love?